from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Unlike the others this week, this is the one you want to listen to. I always have a lot going on on Thursdays. Yeah, I know, I know. I, it's I, our I, thing. I always enjoy in our business, like, you don't want to miss anything on today's show. Well, technically, you don't want to miss anything on any show ever. Come on now. You got to bring the you got to give the people what they want every single day. As you like to say, Jillio, not a Wednesday night at the D-Pack. Sometimes. Got to bring the heat, even for, if it's a Wednesday. For Hamilton, <laughs> as you experience, like, oh, oh you, you didn't bring it for the, today's audience now, did you? Speaking of bringing it, uh, Pack better bring it tonight against Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is down bad. We've discussed this uh, throughout the week, and that's why we've had a prize pack for you. In fact, we're going to give away that prize pack in a little bit. Uh, we've we've got a Metallica CD, a lunch pail. Uh, we've got a uh, Virginia Tech championship ACC tournament shirt. All sorts of good stuff. But Virginia Tech's offense has been essentially been non-existent this season, and they're going up against NC State's defense, which has been the one consistent good thing for the most part throughout this season offensively they got to work through whatever adjustments they made after the Syracuse loss and the open date but really tonight's game is going to be about NC State's defense making sure that Virginia Tech doesn't have a get right or suddenly find themselves type game at Carter-Finley Stadium yeah it'll be interesting to see what NC State's offense cooked up because you can't run the offense that you want you have to run the offense that you have yes and you don't have Devin Leary anymore and Tim Beck's done this before he has in 2020 when Devin Leary got hurt yep. last time. Yep. The season-ending injury midway through the 2020 season. He was creative in the pandemic with Bailey Hockman. He needs to do the same. And I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't see enough of that in the Syracuse game. And you could say, well, they only had a week. Okay, let's see. Now you've had more than a week. But I would expect to see some more of MJ Morris tonight as mm -hmm. well. I would hope. you think the offense might get rejuvenated if any of the combination of Demi Sumo Karngbe, Devin Carter... Trent Penix, maybe all three come back tonight and at those skill positions and really help uh, those quarterbacks because, you know, when you're when you're down to like, hey, or, and, and they kind of refuse to just throw it at Thayer Thomas on every down, even though that should be their offense. Yeah, it should. You know? So we'll see how – we'll see the adjustments that they make. Look, Virginia Tech is not a good team. Mm -hmm. And, and as Sean Glennon was on pack therapy. Sean Glennon, former Virginia Tech quarterback, was on pack therapy. He says, look, Virginia Tech plays hard. They try hard. And it's not like they're poorly coached either. They just don't have the talent anymore. You know, the Camp Chancellors, the Eddie Royals, you know, the Vic brothers, they're not running around anymore for Virginia Tech. Hendon Hooker, not running around right now. Khalil Herbert, not running around right now for Virginia Tech. So the problem is is loft, as, as the saying goes. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. The Hokies, they are last in the ACC in yards per play. I think they're averaging just over four and a half yards per play. Uh, they're near the bottom. I mean, you can go through all those numbers. Like uh, you're free to carry. go. You I'm going to do it. No, no, no. But listen, listen. You're free to go through all of those numbers. Yeah. Here's the only thing you need to know. Yeah. They scored ten points on Carolina, and that's it. I was gonna get. To okay. That. I was gonna get. To <laughs> that's that, a, that is yeah. all you need to know about Virginia Tech. They scored ten points yep. on Carolina. I was gonna get to that. They're they're dead last in yards per play. They're thirteenth actually in yards per carry, and they're thirteenth in yards per pass attempt. And 
it, they're so consistently bad that yes, they couldn't even move the ball <laughs> against me, the Tar Heels. Let me, let me try to put that in perspective for you. That's fifty-one fewer points than App State. Yes, scored against Carolina. Yes. So uh, the Hokies' offense is is not it's not great, not great. But that's us talking. We're just a couple jabronis on the radio, and we see this for what it is. We don't do coach speak. No, we don't. We don't do coach speak. So that's what we see in Virginia Tech. This is what Dave Doran sees in Virginia Tech. Yeah, physical team, you know, um, really good third down defense. They're number one in the league in third down. They're in the first year, you know, with their coach. And you can see that their schemes have advanced as the weeks have gone on. I think the quarterback has a really good arm. Uh, he's mobile. And so it's a super uh, experienced football team. You know, when you look on, on paper, you see a lot of, sixth, fifth, and fourth-year players playing for them. So we know they'll come down here, you know, excited to play us, and it's going to be a physical game. And, you know, playing Thursday night, you got a lot of people watching it. So that's Dave Doran, NC State head coach, uh, at least giving some praise to what the Hokies might be bringing to the table. And as we started the conversation about this open date, NC State had some time to figure out what they want to do offensively. As we mentioned, it's not the first time that Tim Beck, the offensive coordinator, has had to work around the offense that he thought he was going to have versus the offense he actually does have. And I thought they did a good job in 2020 when they went into the Bailey Hockman protocol. Uh, is Jack Chambers better than what they had in Bailey Hockman? As you mentioned, MJ Morris, they never really felt comfortable going to the next guy. What Ben Finley was on the roster in 2020, but they weren't really comfortable going to Ryan Finley's brother in that situation. I think he had like some limited, what, what was it in 2019? Was it limited? That we no. saw at Carolina? No, ben, that was out? Ben in, in the pandemic year in 20. In 20. Yeah. That was mm -hmm. Ben Finley in 20. Okay. I, I was getting my years confused. Regardless. How dare you. How dare you. Yeah, well, you know, since since March of 2020, man, what is time? If nothing else, just pay Virginia Tech back for that ass-kicking that you got in the beginning of the pandemic. That's they true go too. to Blacksburg, and they just got steamrolled. They did. And Virginia Tech, the only other time Virginia Tech has ever been close to that good was when Virginia Tech opened last year by kicking Carolina's ass. So here's, so, here's so, Justin Fuente was season. good for one thing and one thing only. Yeah. And that's it. So here's Doran on how the open date helped them out, what they needed to do. Yeah, it was hard. Um, so it was a great time. I mean, that's the longest I've gone since I've been here without a bye, like to go that many weeks straight. So physically, mentally, all of it, fatigue. Uh, it was good to have, even if Devin was playing, it would have been a good time for us to have a bye, you know. These weeks, because uh, you start, you know, at the end of July, basically, with your players, and there's not a lot of time for them just to reset and go spend time with their families and get out of town. So I think it came at a great time. And then for Coach Beck and the offense to be able to tweak things and have a little bit more time to evaluate it and study other people's film. So that's Dave Doran. NC State head football coach on tonight's matchup against the Hokies. Speaking of the Hokies, throughout the week we've been saying, hey, Hokie fans, we know that you're down bad. The football season hasn't gone great, so we're going to try to pick you up. A little, little pick-me-up. So we've had you text the keyword BEAMER to 919-8605-FAN. And would you call it a first aid kit? Mm -hmm. You get a Metallica Black Album. Scott, enter Sandman on it. A lunch pail because, of course, and when Virginia Tech actually wants something. This year, yeah, earlier like, this year. And by the way, if you live in this area, you're you're surrounded by Carolina Duke State fans. Yeah. Guess what's a pretty nice little bragging right? Mm -hmm. That T-shirt. Because oh, who'd they beat in that run? They beat Carolina 
and Duke. That's right. So rock that 2022 ACC Tournament Championship shirt that we have for you in our prize pack. Such to the point that Mike Young has invited me to every Virginia Tech game for the rest of time. Fantastic. Let's say hello to Michael. We randomly chose Michael out of the prize uh, hat. Michael, how are you? I'm doing all right. I am on my way to R&D Brewing before the game. Nice. Are you a Hokie fan, Michael? Living in the triangle? Uh, I I am from uh, Roanoke, Virginia. I'm visiting some uh, Hokies down here. Okay. Uh, class of 2015. Oh, you're a baby. Oh. You're just a pup. You're a young a young gobbler, if you will. Young gobbler. So, Michael, congratulations! You won our Virginia Tech first aid kit. You'll get the Metallica CD, a lunch pail, and a. 2022 ACC tournament championship T-shirt that Mike Young cut down the nets in Brooklyn. Are you hype? I am hype. Fantastic. We love to hear it. Are the Hokies going to pull it out? Are you going to the game tonight? We are going to the game, and I full prediction here. Yeah. Uh, Hokies seventeen. NC State seven. Love oh, it. I like the confidence. You know what? That's you being picked up by the first aid kit. Hey, Michael, yes. enjoy. Uh, oh, get your seven Saturdays now at yeah. R&D because you don't want to buy those at the stadium. Seven Saturdays is a good one. I also suggest the Riviera. That's their Mexican lager. I'm a big fan of that one. Uh, enjoy the game. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, Valley Sports, Carolina Hurricanes. You can catch them tomorrow night when the Carolina Hurricanes are back at PNC Arena after a largely Canadian road trip. Trip Tracy, what's going on, man? Hey, Joe. Uh, I'm just beautiful. Carolina, October afternoon. Just uh, <laughs> grateful to be back. Uh, thrilled to be back. It was a productive but long trip. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, Canadian weather, not so hot? Is that what you're getting at? Well, I, it was actually, Seattle was beautiful. Nice. Which we caught it at the right time. Um, and then Edmonton was balmy, and then I sure didn't look enough into the forecast or maybe a change <laughs> to wake up to snow in Calgary Saturday morning. Woof. Yeah, no, not great. Not great. Trip Tracy joining us here on the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Obvious. All right, so let's let's start with uh, – I'm going to go based on what I saw on Kane's Twitter, okay, which is not always the best sentiment, but I always like to go there to see what people are freaking out about. And the power play seems to be the thing that some folks are a little bit uh, worried about so far. How much of this is, you know, new guy Brent Burns getting used to things, you know, just the start of the season, you know, there's a whole process. How would you assess how things are with the power play right now? Well, I look at it, Joe – from, a, from the standpoint of, I mean, the percentage is solid, better than solid. I look at it from the standpoint, you never know when it's going to be, but does it win you hockey games or does it prevent you from winning hockey games? And just looking at the trip, uh, in San Jose, I don't think it was a, a major factor. Uh, the penalty kill was in winning the first game of the trip. Uh, and then you get – you, if you're Rod, you changed up your power play unit very quickly the day before the game in Seattle. You put uh, Svechnikov and Natchez on the, even though you don't number the units, I guess what most Kaniacs would think of as the top unit. And they get two goals on the power play uh, against Seattle. They get two goals in Edmonton, gave up a shorthanded goal, but just in terms of 
you know, power play execution. So you got four goals in two games, and then it lets you down in Calgary, uh, you know, with six minutes in power play time in a, in a tie game um, in the third period. Then you responded. It, it, it wasn't great in the two power play chances in the second period in Vancouver, but it took just seconds to score the all-important first goal. So uh, at this point, you know, I, I would say you've got much more success on it than that Calgary night when it, it cost you. You got a point. You lost in overtime if you're Carolina, but it cost you the extra point. So on the whole, I would say it's absolutely premature uh, to press the panic button. Um, but I'm sure, you know, the, the great Kaniacs are, are thinking about how it, it, it just didn't get the job done in the playoffs in the Rangers series uh, and, you know, throughout uh, a lot of the Boston series as well. Trip Tracy, you can listen to him tomorrow night, Friday. Canes return home after their West Coast trip. 7 o'clock right here on 99.9 The Fan. That, that's, that's like a hockey moment. But Trip, I, I need to I need to step away from hockey for a second here, please, if you'll indulge me. You, you are <laughs> yep. somebody who travels on a charter. Who on the Hurricanes would pull a Russell Wilson and try to run up and down the aisle on the charter as some way of keeping in shape? And who on the Hurricanes would punch said person for trying to run up and down the aisle on the charter? while everyone else was sleeping. I, I'm, 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 I haven't been on the Canes Charter in 20 years, so I'm fascinated by your take on this. Well, in this day and age, nobody would do it. Uh, thinking of a couple instances. One was, I mean, an ori- the original Hurricane captain, I remember Kevin Deneen running up and down the aisle and – it may have even been not too far away from takeoff. Um, Wait, was, now, he, was he exercising or was he trying to rally the troops? He rallied the troops okay. maybe once got airborne. Yeah. Um, and we did have an instance last year where I think we were in Canada and somebody's rolling suitcase was not lodged correctly and when we were landing it came through the aisle at a Usain Bolt like pace and that caused a stir Um, but um, when we're airborne in all seriousness the guys when they get on that plane Joe they immediately you know if you you know the the NHL dress code they immediately change into whatever the compression leggings are, um, you know, and it's all about optimizing uh, or minimizing the impact of travel. Uh, But, you know, you have just to try to paint a picture, you have a couple of card games, you have guys on their tablets, and then you have a certain number of guys that, that, that like to on a long flight, like the one out to San Jose or the one coming back from Vancouver, that liked the hot stove. I had a probably 90-minute conversation with Brent Burns uh, during that flight out to San Jose. But, no, there wasn't anybody doing calisthenics. There isn't anyone who's ever worked out more than Rod Brendamore. If there was, it was Marty Jelena. And just for the record here, neither one of them has ever, like, thought to be such a tryhard that they would do <laughs> high knees 
on a on a charter flight, right? Rod Brindamore, I swear he has his laptop open from start to finish of the flight, looking at video, <laughs> conducting video uh, meetings. Uh, you know, he. I do know that because he – usually I'm at the gym uh, bright and early, right around the same time as my dear friend Rod, and he certainly took notice. I just had coffee and did push-ups in the room and then worked out when I got back to Raleigh. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he, you know, the first thing he said when we got on the bus, Joe, was I didn't see him in the gym this morning. Uh-oh. So taking attendance. He, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, he knew. And, uh, and, and I got up at 4.30, had my coffee leisurely. <laughs> I ate well after the game, so I didn't figure I needed it. But he, he gets in the Rod the Bod uh, circuits, activities, and all of those uh, fun things before the flight. Because truthfully, uh, he, the pioneer of fitness in the National Hockey League, he really has that laptop looking out at video for virtually the entire flight, whether it be after a game or an off day. Um, <laughs> he really does. And it's hilarious to me because I know how much he loved video when he was playing. <laughs> yes, the, there's irony and irony involved with the. But we we mature, we grow. Trip, that's what it's all about. Trip Tracy yeah. joining us here on the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Obvious. He's on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline. We'll close on this trip. Um, what, what as they get ready to to host the Islanders tomorrow and they're and they're back home and you know people are getting kind of reacquainted without having to stay up you know 10:30 at night on the East Coast, right? What was the what was the one thing you loved about the trip regarding the Canes and the one thing that probably needs work as they're getting ready to to start this, you know, couple games at home? Good question. Um I I would say that of course I love the individual performances in the months that guys like Svechnikov and Natchez are having and Mr. you know, third period uh you know, and highlight real action throughout from Sebastian Ajo. But what I loved the most was setting the tone uh, on the trip. You could see how much the guys wanted to win the game for Brent Burns. Um, tough situation for, for Brent. You know, it's just a second game with a new team. Yeah, the, the, the position that, that requires the most adjustment. And I think he's gotten more and more comfortable, especially defensively as the games have gone along. But the way that the guys pulled the rope uh, to, to make sure that that is a life memory that will be that much better because the team won. Uh, and then I saw Vancouver as a massive swing game and how I viewed the trip. Uh, and the team played like it uh, because 2-2-1 two, two and one or 3-1-1, uh, and one, two totally different uh, uh, takeaways for me. And the last 10 minutes against Vancouver, the way that uh, the guys um, dug in, and competed to make sure to get those two points to come back three, one, and one. Those are my, that shows care. A lot of new faces, chemistry that you hope to see, most important form of chemistry on the ice. What would I like to see that is, that is better? Well, I, I, I hope that I saw the beginning of it uh, with the game-winning goal against the Canucks uh, because I think it takes some time to get that big frame going for the captain, Jordan Stahl. Jesper Foss, who is one of, over all the years, uh, Joe's, that we've known each other, even when I look at that entire uh, lens, one of my favorite players with regards to doing it right every night, 
he had had an atypical, I think, sort of off start for, for Jesper. So for, for Jordan Stahl to get it to Jesper Foss for the game-winning goal against Vancouver, uh, and those two players, I, I think, had had some trouble finding their sea legs, hoping that that's a building block. So that would be the thing that I'm, I'm hopeful uh, that, that their last period in Vancouver, uh, where they combined for the game-winning goal, uh, will be something that uh, leads to, to, to a real progression in both of their games. Trip Tracy, Bally Sports, Carolina Hurricanes. Canes are back in action tomorrow against the Islanders. Trip, we appreciate it as always. We will talk to you later. Yeah, uh, you got it, Joe. And you know what? Now, uh, you know, with once the seatbelt sign comes off at a cruising altitude, yeah. I will go and do. Don't. Rock. Don't. I'm gonna text Maniscalco right now and say if Trip does that, smack him. <laughs> I was just going to go and do Rod, you know, Rod, Herschel Walker did it, you know, like whatever, oh, nonpartisan, you know, like, but, you know, just the down from 15 push-ups, 15, <laughs> say, uh, 14, all the way down to one. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That I could probably get one of those in for you. <laughs> all right, Trip, bye. See ya. Trip's the best. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity.